Hello and welcome to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. It's too complicated to measure our impact. We don't have the resources. Nobody cares. We can't afford it. Yes, you can and yes, you must. And in the Make an Impact podcast, Heidi Fisher explores how organisations put impact at the heart of what they do and how you can too. In today's episode, I'm talking to Hannah from Huggle Pets in the Community about how they've developed a social enterprise by successfully crowdfunding for a community aquarium and sensory play area for children and adults with autism, sensory disabilities, stress and anxiety and mental health issues. So Hannah, yeah. could you just tell me a little bit about Huggle Pets in the Community, please? Yeah, so uh, Huggle Pets in the Community is a, a community interest company that actually works with children, young people and adults um, in being able to offer animal-assisted therapy, which is a having a therapist working along with animals to help people with their mental health um, and, and in being able to do that in a more of a appealing way to get people to access the therapy they need, maybe for a mental health concern. We set up a community interest company to be able to do this more long-term and actually have a purpose and, and behind it so that we could keep going with it um, and help more people, really. Wow, it's, it sounds fantastic. Um, I haven't been to um, visit you. I've, I know that um, you've got plans for a, a new um, centre next door. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how that came into being and how you've managed to get the community involved in that? Yeah, so basically um, we wanted to be a bit different with our animal-assisted therapy and we wanted to be able to include as many people as we could into it. So we decided to look at something that would be a bit more unique to encourage people to come in and utilise our services. So we decided that we were going to build the UK's first community aquarium and sensory activity centre, but we knew that to be in order to do this and being a relatively new community interest company, um, that we needed to have the backing of the community. So we decided to take on the challenge of doing a, a crowdfunder, uh, which by no means is an easy feat, but it was worthwhile. Um, and we decided that we were going to go and crowdfund for £96,000 over a 12-week period. Um, and in that 12-week period, we um, you manage to get some sponsors that will then sponsor you, like businesses that will back your idea um, prior to going live. Um, so we had people like eBay back us, Hagen. Uh, we had a, a, a parcel company back us. The, the council themselves said they would back us. Um, and in 12 weeks, we managed to raise £96,000 through crowdfunding going out to the community and actually then putting their hands in their pockets uh, to be able to build this new community aquarium and sensory activity centre. Um, and so we did that on a, a, crowd, a crowdfunding platform. And so therefore now we are actually in the midst of building this new community aquarium, which is open seven days a week, free to the community. And then we've obviously got the sensory activity centre uh, that is actually something that people can come in and utilise as, um, as a service because we obviously put workshops on classes. And then obviously we also do our animal-assisted therapy from there as well. Um, so that was quite a feat, but it was worthwhile. The community got, got involved in it. We did a family fun day uh, to raise awareness of what we were doing. Uh, that went down really well. So we're now in the middle of the build and it should be finished by end of November. 
Wow, that's um, not long till you open. Um, that sounds, it no. sounds amazing. And then um, quite often people either have really disastrous crowdfunding funding, um, campaigns or they have really, really good ones. And obviously you've you yeah. managed to do it really successfully. Um, yeah. How, in terms of, of running the social enterprise, has, has partnership working been really crucial to, get, to getting um, operating? Yeah, it's instrumental, really. So we had a lot of support from um, the council with, you know, how to set one up and what they could do to support us. And one of the things that they did was the crowdfunding campaign because we used their platform to do so. Um, but reaching out to um, businesses to be able to support it. But then I also find working in the community, you need to work with other charitable organisations or other social enterprises. So there's not a project that I do now where I don't include another partner in doing so. Maybe they've got more expertise than I have, but actually what my services actually complements what they do. Um, for instance, we have a women and children's refuge centre in Wolverhampton who we um, quite openly will happily work with in being able to offer these women therapy sessions for maybe the, the domestic violence that they've experienced or the children have been exposed to. Um, quite happily put those sessions on for for them and we work with uh, different football foundations to be able to support their initiatives when they're working with children and families um, and then also there's a, a hospice that we work with in, in being able to offer animal related therapies for their patients as well so there's nothing there that we don't do in conjunction with somebody else so we welcome people to come work with us. Wow it, it sounds like you're very very busy <laughs> <laughs> Busy girl. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you was uh, around um, your future plans. I know it sounds a, a little bit probably ironic in that you, you're only about to, to open next month. Um, but in terms of the, the bigger picture and the bigger vision for Huggle Pets in the community, what, what's the plan? Well, we want to be kind of a well-being hub uh, for the city. Um, and in order to do that, we need to appeal to a lot more people. Um, so obviously we have our people that have got mental health illnesses or mental health well-being. It could be that they just want to improve their state of mind. We also cater for the people that have also got, you know, special educational needs or disabilities. Uh, but in order for us to do that, we also take a look at the people that look after these ones. So you've got your carers, you've got your parents. Um, you've got the people that you know take take them to and from hospitals. Maybe the drivers, uh, the people that come in contact with others that have got a mental health concern. It also takes a toll on them. So our next project will be looking at how we can open up a community community cafe uh, to get the community talking about mental health and how that impacts on them. Um, trampling down the stigma on mental health, really, but actually being able to give some respite to parents. Um, so that while we're running our sessions for their children or their young people, maybe they can go into our community cafe, which is actually pet friendly, of course, um, and have an hour and a half of themselves or maybe pop to the shops, come back um, to do a few jobs. And they know that we can take care of their children. Um, so it's, it's something else now that we're trying to look at the scope of, of what effects um, mental health have on families. So that's our next initiative next. Wow, I knew you'd have an, another initiative plan before you've already finished the building. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you've got to um, you've got to look at all aspects, and I think when you come in contact with people that 
struggle with these types of things. It's um, it's not just a one solution that fits all. So we're, we're trying to to widen our um, widen our scope really to be able to support multiple people that that come in contact with a mental health illness. And it could be that it, you know it's just too stressful uh, for carers and mums and dads and guardians really. So it's it's how do we help them because they're obviously helping those ones that have got a special need. So you need to be able to take care of both in order for it to be successful long term. Definitely, definitely. Um, so in terms of um, thinking about measuring your impact, what, what's the plan mm -hmm. in terms of how you're going to measure and track what impact um, you're having? Yeah, I think for, for some for some uh, people that come along with, with special educational needs that they're they can't verbally express what they have, that the impact that it's had on them, but you can see it on their face. Um, so for some, for sometimes it'll be just having that initial impact where you can actually see it working. Uh, for our therapy sessions, obviously our therapists keep a record of how people come in and how they feel after they've had so many sessions and how they've come out of it. Um, it could be as simple as an anxiety workshop for a student that's going through exams. And actually, after a couple of sessions they, with us, um, with, the, with the animals, they feel a lot more at ease to be able to go into their exams or maybe they feel a bit more um, calmer about what they're about to do. It could be that the fact they just need some confidence building and they're able to apply for a college course or they're able to apply for a job when they've been out, out of work for so long. So these are the type of impacts that we're looking for. Um, but it could also be that just it could be somebody's just found that coping mechanism that helps them with their mental health. And for us, that's something that's a, a long term solution um, to somebody who's suffering with a mental health problem. And so that's that is us how we measure um, our impact of our service, really. Fantastic. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about is in terms of the, the process of, of getting Huggle Pets in the community set up and, and running it, what's been one of the most difficult issues or, or problems that you've faced in that process? I think the, the fact that you knew and nobody knows what you're doing, I think our offer is quite unique. I haven't come across anybody. Well, I'll come across people that do it with horses, um, but I haven't come across anybody locally who's, who's done it as part of a, a crowdfunder or um, actually utilising animals in the full 100% of what they do. Um, so actually being quite niche has been um, not an obstacle, but a bit of a, so what is it you do again? Or, okay, explain that to me. So not only are you trying to get out there something new, you're having to educate people in what you do. Um, the setting up of the community interest business was pretty straightforward. Uh, our directors looked into that, and obviously they followed the process that they needed to be able to follow to set that up as a, a company in that way. Um, but I think the, the challenges that we face is that when you apply for bids, um, you've got no data to go behind what you're doing. Sometimes, obviously, you know, because being quite new, um, and you're having to, you kind of having to do it and be able to evidence that you can do it and what impact you've had to be able to go forward with bid writing and grants and um you know it's not something we've ever done before so it's and you know i've had an educational background so i know how to write bids but obviously you know this is a new area now this is social enterprise this is animal related therapies and and like i said before there's nothing that we don't do now where we don't do in collaborate collaboration with experts as well um, so I think the best advice I could give for anybody that's going to go into 
open up a, sh- a social enterprise is actually learn from other people and stick with them and see how they did it, but then also collaborating with people that might complement your service as well. I think you learn a lot that way in being able to get yourself started. Definitely, definitely agree with that. The more people you talk to, the, the more you, you learn as you go along. Is there yeah. anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners? I think that, you know, just to come down and see what we're doing, check us out. Um, we're, our website's going up shortly. Um, and, and, you know, if there's anybody that wants to reach out and ask us how, how we got started or maybe they're interested in a crowdfunder, quite happy to take calls and, um, and have a chat. Obviously, we're not an expert in it, but we can give you the advice that, you know, you know, the hindsight that we've now got that maybe would help other people. Um, and we're quite happy to do collaborations and work on projects together. And if you've got a passion about something, anything can be anything can be built. So if you're passionate about what you do, then I would say go and do it. Wow, definitely. Um, did you um, just want to share what the website address is? Uh, it's being built at the moment, but the website address will be www.hugglepetsinthecommunity.co.uk. Fabulous. So people, once that's obviously finished, people will be able to go on there and find out more information about what you do. Um, they can. Hannah, they can follow us on social media as well if they want to see what we're up to currently. Okay. And um, what's the um, social media? It will be Huggle Pet CIC on social okay. media. Okay. Lovely. Thank you. Hannah, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really interesting finding out about what you're doing with Huggle Pets in the community definitely very unique I've not heard of anything like it as you said it's been fascinating finding out about how successful it's been already before it's even fully operational (laughs) thank you you've been listening to the make an impact podcast with me Heidi Fisher if you've enjoyed the podcast why not leave a review or rating and if you'd like to be on the show then please get in touch via my website makeanimpactcic.co.uk thank you for listening